0: Welcome everybody to the airlock podcast episode 18 where we're gonna have some changes slight changes to how I'm running uh, some of these windows I now have moderators at least for right now I still would like to get a better team to cover a range of days because not every week or not every day can be covered by only a couple people it's fine I'll take what I can get right now. So that's a few less screens I have to worry about, and I don't have a bot that's going to be screaming at me anymore. Well, it it will still be on. It won't be screaming at me anymore. It'll just let the mods know. But uh, yeah, we now have moderators that are watching the live, uh, the live chat uh, on my Twitch channel, uh, who will be keeping uh, close eye like a hawk making sure everything stays, uh, civil. But, anyway, uh, welcome. Welcome, everybody. Uh, mm, bit of news? Not really, actually. Um, the only real thing I have here of note is the Tempest tailoring tool had an update, um, that apparently fixed a lot of issues uh, that pilots have been noticing, that is being taken care of um, and we'll actually probably even get to talk about that earlier with our guest tonight. Uh, Actually no another thing another uh, bit of big news uh, it has now been announced fully to the greater Tycor at this time uh, we have Eagle's squadron commander who has opted to begin his step down from the position um Nothing nothing egregious nothing bad or anything just real life is taking up More of his time than he had expected and cannot really or cannot fully uh, run as the squads commander But uh, to commander drummer the gunner Nate of Eagle Squadron we thank you for your service, sir, and we hope uh, everything is going fine Um, The position for squadron Commander for Eagle is now open in terms of applications. If you are interested, please make sure uh, you uh, apply to the appropriate personnel, i.e., Admiral Silwar. Uh, there is a there is a um, an announcement in the Discord server. If you just go on there and uh, just take a look at it, you'll be able to see all the information there. Um, So at this time, we currently have Captain uh, Sir Caleb, who will be acting as the temporary de facto squadron commander until a new one is chosen. Uh, Good luck to you there. Uh, That's pretty much all the big ones that I have right now. So without uh, further ado, I'll just go ahead and unmute and undefeated myself for Turtle to hear me. And everybody, please welcome our guest star this evening, Fleet Admiral Turtle Gerard. I hope I pronounced that last name correctly. I should have asked you that.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, that sounds good. Hey, good evening. Okay, Evening, evening.
0: So uh, this has been
1: uh,
0: apparently, apparently this was another one where folks have been waiting for. No one told me. So it's like, okay, cool. Uh, great to have you on the show. Wish people would have told me sooner. <laughs>
1: absolutely it's good to be here and uh glad to be able to get on here and kind of chat about what the uh internet office is doing and kind of neat projects we have going on it'll be it'll be a good time
0: i was gonna say one of the most important offices in fact i i want to be as bold to say the most important office in the entire Corps at this time um so i guess we'll go straight into it how do we start with your journey from the very beginning
1: yeah so i mean i'm, I'm definitely one of those members that's been around for uh too many years i guess <laughs> uh, at this point um no so i actually came into the emperor's hammer way back in uh in 1997. oh um, wow. i think i i had tracked my join date down to i think it was january of of 97. and uh you know started pretty much as everybody uh back during that time period i had you know, played Tie Fighter and loved Tie Fighter. Loved the, uh, you know, getting to play as the bad guys after you know having originally played the the X Wing game, and uh, yeah, just the, the storyline and um, you know the nature of the game itself was uh, you know absolutely hooked me. And and like many of our other members at that time, it was like, hey, you know, what else is out there in terms of, um, you know, what I can do and experience with this game. And I was also involved pretty early on on the internet on IRC, Internet Relay Chat, mm-hmm. and so the Emperor's Hammer at the time had a presence on IRC as well, and so uh, kind of eventually those two things came together and, you know, I joined, in, like I said, back in 97, so um, started out in, pr- any Hebrew speakers <laughs> forgive my pronunciation, <laughs> I believe the correct pronunci- pronunciation is Sade Squadron, uh, back on Wing Five of the Sovereign Class Superstar Destroyer Sovereign, which again is one of the ships that many of our newer members might not be familiar with, but that's actually the, the flagship of, of the fleet. I was going to so say
0: everybody, all all of our all of the newcomers are technically assigned on that ship, aren't they? Uh, through the Iwats.
1: So what we did um, is we actually moved the Iwats to the Avenger. When, oh, of right.
0: Avenger. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So when we started the move to the unknown regions, that kind of story arc, we started a year or two ago. Uh, we essentially moved Iwats there with the idea that you know new new pilot training would be going on uh, on on the Avenger. So yeah. So essentially, we've left the Sovereign. You know, back in the uh, you know the Minos cluster and the, you know, basically in the Aurora Prime system as part of the Home Guard or the the flagship of the Home Guard, and, and we're forward deployed now. But yeah, back in that day, you know, the Emperor's Hammer, I guess I should say the Thai Corps in particular, was, was larger, and that we had uh, numerous wings. Uh, the Sovereign in particular actually had five, if I'm not mistaken, possibly six wings, so wings at least one through five and possibly six as well. My memory escapes me on that. We're, how, we're man,
0: how many squadrons were in each wing again?
1: Yeah. Um, I believe it was either five or six again it's one of those i I believe six i would have to go back and look at that
0: oh jesus that was a lot of that was a lot of wings and a lot of squadrons
1: a lot of wings a lot of squadrons and you know we'll get to this later when i talk about some of the website and historical stuff but Mm -hmm. you can actually still find all those historical units on the website which is something i'm definitely interested in preserving so yeah so Sade squadron on wing five that was you know where i really started out as a member um, I, I think uh, when I was looking at your list of, of potential questions and topics to discuss, yeah. it was the, the journey from sub-lieutenant to uh, Fleet Admiral, Yeah. which is, which is actually kind of interesting because I, I never came in as a sub-lieutenant. So back then, the initial ranks in the Emperor's Hammer were built as a logical extension from the ranks in the original TIE Fighter game.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, and so you would submit your TIE Fighter pilot file, which was actually one of the qualifying factors of membership, and uh, among having had to have completed a you know certain number of the original missions and um, training missions and things of that nature, uh, your actual initial rank was, was based on the rank you had achieved in the game. So I actually came in as a, a Brigadier General in the odd ranking system <laughs> that existed <laughs> in, uh, in TIE Fighter. And, you know, held that rank for a period of time until we converted to the system, you know, that we use today. And I think at that time of conversion, I think I was converted to a captain or something based on uh, whatever conversion criteria we had used back then. So Mm -hmm. uh, that was my first technically rank of the, you know, the newer system that we use uh, essentially leading on up to today. So I was in uh, Sade Squadron for, you know, a, a period of time. Eventually became the commander of that squadron. That was my, you know, first uh, my first squadron command, which was, you know, great fun. Enjoyed it. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, not that long ago, when I was dredging through archives, found the website from the squadron from the time period that I was the commander. So if anybody's really curious about that, I can... Dump it somewhere for people to see what squadron websites look like in the late '90s.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they're gonna want uh, all that dumped in the asteroid bar somewhere where they can uh, easily access it. That I'll leave that up to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was actually it was, actually, that. It, was a, it was a good trip down memory lane and uh, found my old uniform image on the old system. So that was that was kind of fun. So I was on Wing Five for a while. Um, I was in uh, Noon Squadron for a period of time, also on Wing Five. Um, eventually, was selected to go to Praetorian Squadron, which was a joint intelligence division and Corps Squadron. It was kind of, uh, I guess you could say, chaptered between the two different groups. Mm-hmm. And um, flew with Praetorian for, for a period of time. That was, you know, a lot of great fun. Uh, at the time, Praetorian was very heavily focused on single-player Um, you know, battle, mission, mission compendium completion that was kind of in the early days of of all the multiplayer stuff with XVT and X-Wing Alliance. Mm -hmm. I I think when I was in I don't know that X-Wing Alliance was out yet might have been. I think it came later Uh, And then Yeah, it did Yeah, so, and uh, kind of finishing that time period out, I guess if you will, as a line pilot uh, I applied for the position of ironically enough, internet officer at the uh i guess early 2000s i'd have to go back and look at my historical record um and and actually was was appointed to that position so this is actually my kind of first iteration as the internet officer and um in the time period since i held the position originally and now uh have kind of worked in around that office for a number of years i was the io proper for a while before i stepped back came back on board as an internet office assistant as a is a primary duty assignment mm-hmm. and did a lot of projects doing IO stuff in in the early and, and kind of mid 2000s. Um
0: I, I was about to ask it's like don't tell me that's like since you became the IO you've always been the IO but it does it seems you've been in and out. Constantly.
1: Yeah, yeah. So really that kind of takes us up to around 2006 or 2005, really 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, Really, end of two thousand and four. Technically, I'm I'm in the United States Army, and that was my first uh, combat deployment.
0: Uh, I was still closed. in high school.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I was I was shortly out of high school, so I'm not too far I'm not uh-huh. too far in front of you. Um, so yeah, I you know I had to take a step back from the Emperor's Hammer, obviously, to uh, you know go overseas, deploy overseas. Of course. Uh, came came back for a short period of time. Uh, I know that you and some of your other guests have discussed Astatine on the show previously, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I hate to even say that name, yeah. but uh, to make things succinct, uh, we did not see eye to eye on many issues. And kind of in 2006, he, he basically shadow banned me. Um, you know, we've got a kind of a judicial procedure that we follow and followed back then as well, which he just kind of ignored and clicked a ban, and I said, okay, uh-huh. have a nice day. Huh. So that kind of was the beginning of, if you will, my long hiatus from the Emperor's Hammer. Um, you know, as as all of the craziness happened with the club back in the you know two thousand eight, two thousand nine time. The Dark train, Ages. I,
0: I, I want, kind of I want to officially call those the Dark Ages.
1: It was it was unfortunate. I'm actually yeah. dealing with some of the fallout of that even today, which I'm sure we'll kind of segue into here in a little bit. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I would kind of pop my head up every now and again, just enough to be like, hey, I exist. I'm, you know, I've got reassigned as a reservist and made sure that you know, my metal record and historical record and just all that kind of stuff, my profile stuff, was kind of maintained. And every now and again, I'd poke my head up just a little bit see what the club was doing. And it kind of takes us to, to 2020, when we sort of had a lot of members starting, it sounded like, to do something really similar. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden had some, some extra time on their hands. And I, uh, I was just kind of doing one of my little checks like, hey, I haven't looked at them for a hammer in a couple of years. Like, are they alive and kicking? Um, you know, I loaded up the main website and didn't seem to be a whole lot going on there. There wasn't any news postings. Uh, back in my day, the, the message boards was the place, the kind of the center of all communication activity. Mm. Um, whatever was going on was being discussed on the message boards. And I loaded the message boards and uh, yeah, a couple of posts from like a couple of years ago and kind of at first glance I was like yeah, this it, the organization's dead there's, there's nothing going on here anymore they're just kind of uh, existing luckily and I'll be totally honest with you I don't remember how I came across this but I realized uh, there was a Telegram channel or, or whatever the proper term would be for on Telegram uh, hopped on oh, there
0: Telegram, the, the, uh, the app?
1: yeah, oh,
0: okay. yeah the okay yeah yeah I, I was like telegram what is it oh okay all right oh so, yeah
1: so hopped on there and um, and quickly found the the discord server after that and and all of a sudden I saw hey, there's actually like a, a lot going on here there's you know, there's you know, been a lot life. lot new activity this, <laughs> yeah. was, this was sorry go ahead
0: no I was just saying there has been life you just didn't know uh, we're looking in the right area I'm guessing
1: Exactly. And that and that kind of leads to my point. You know, eventually I found the TC site, which is where everything was actually going on. But that wasn't really obviously linked from the main Ember's Hammer homepage. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as I kind of started peeling back the layers, I realized, like, there's actually a lot going on here. This is not a dead organization. It's actually, you know, on, on the upswing. But what we're presenting to the world, if you didn't know better and if you didn't happen to... F- you know stumble across the discord link like I did you wouldn't know that I could have just as easily kind of popped up and said oh yep, nothing's going on here and never came back I mean Oof, and so yeah. that was kind of I guess leads to today which you know uh, I started you know getting involved a little bit on, on discord as a reservist and kind of uh, you know sent rapier a message you know not too long after i had been back and kind of introduced myself uh, we had served in command positions at different times, it sort of overlapped, but never had really interfaced with one another. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, hey, this is just some of the stuff I'm I'm noticing. Um, if I can be of help, uh, I would be interested in, in doing that. It just kind of improved the the state of the Emperor's Hammer as a whole. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and here we are, you know, two and some odd years later, and uh, you know, serving the position I'm in now, and having done a bunch of work to uh, kind of update our, uh, our technology, if you will, and our, our web presence. And that's an ongoing effort, but yeah, that kind of gets us, I think, kind of to where we are today.
0: Well, yeah. Wow. What, what a journey, uh, from the very beginning to surviving the dark ages of that guy, which will not be named anymore. And, uh, (laughs) um, to today, that's wow. Just wow. So I, I guess has that bit f- has that issue been fixed of terms of finding us i guess it, i guess it has because we've had we now have members actively uh uh advertising us in other places but for those that have been in the in, in the group before and i guess their primary uh the what was their primary way of learning about the group like you like you had at the times like didn't see anything happening there thought the organization's dead, like, is, has that been fixed or adjusted or, or what?
1: You know, I think that's probably an ongoing effort, right? So, <clears throat> one, of the, one of the very first things I did was basically dump something on the Emperor's Hammer org site, which is, is still there at the top of the screen, which basically says, you know, the only thing going on on this website is, is Dark Brotherhood for kind of other club activity, you know, TICOR in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, you can Head over to the, the tc.emperorshammer.org site. So, you know, in terms of some of the stuff that we're presenting, that's, that's a continual process. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about the website a little bit more. And, uh, you know, one of the things I set out with when I came on board as the Internet Officer was kind of trying to have a plan. So we actually have some, some policy steering guidance within the Internet Office that are basically what we call lines of effort. So I'm basically looking along three or four different primary lines of effort, and the different things that we are doing, the different projects, the the website, TTT, and others generally attach somewhere to those lines of effort. And if I was better, I would have pulled all this up so I had it in front of me. But basically one of the the big concepts of that, uh, of one of them, is essentially presenting a unified, coherent presence with all of our materials that we present to the outside world. And that's kind of what I say, that's an ongoing process. The, the website transition is part of that. Uh, the work that Hijacker is doing with regard to the Wiki is part of that. Um, the work that we're doing to, you know, turn off or deprecate or, you know, update as it may be various policy documents or all of the problems that we had with the Imperial University courses you know, all of that is kind of in that same realm of this is stuff that we present to the outside world. This is stuff we want to present to our members. It needs to be cleaned up, polished, refined, etc. Mm-hmm. And being you know, the nature of our organization that we've been around for so long, there's just a lot of stuff to go through. So, so it's, you know, it's taken some time. So, um,
0: yeah, it, it's, it's a process. It's a long process, but it will eventually get resolved, whatever the situation is.
1: Yeah, yeah we're getting there we're getting there and then the other i think half of that equation is is um efforts that i'm not directly necessarily involved in it's a lot of things like for example the reconnaissance officer doing um in terms of engagement across social media in terms of engagement across uh you know reddit um you know black ranger for example some of the posts and, and things that he's working on uh right. cultivating connections with with large uh you know star wars youtubers if you will a lot of those other efforts that other members are doing as well to kind of promote the organization, other Discord servers. And then that all kind of comes together when they can look at our website and say, okay, what is this organization? Oh, this is really neat. I can make a pilot and I can have awards and ranks and be assigned to a squadron. Oh, and this squadron itself has a history. That's super cool. And, um, and so that's kind of what I see you know, my office as, as supporting and enabling is everything that is going on club-wide that's, that's kind of our, our job, if you will. My job and my office's job is to basically be an enabler for those functions.
0: Okay. So, I guess we can start off, because I know there's a few people who've been submitting questions for you, uh, as you've also posted in the Discord server. Um, the Ask the IO, which I've also added, a, apparently now Discord has forum uh, a forum function. They do? Yeah. yeah I've, I've also added a section where people could just randomly add questions on there. Uh, addendum, oh, this, will,
1: this will get interesting, I'm sure. Yeah. them
0: add, <laughs> to those watching the episode either on YouTube or live right now on Twitch, um, if you expect me to ask those questions live, uh, not happening. I got to vet through these questions and um, I got to make sure if the interviewees are also OK with them. So uh, send them out for future episodes. Just don't expect them to be asked live.
1: i am have, have to poke my head in there, too, and see what uh, what folks are dumping the in o- there, there. are going to be some interesting ones.
0: The only one so far is Morenta, which I believe she posted the gift of... I forgot what movie that was from, but it's like... Uh, what would you say you do here
1: exactly oh look see I've already answered that question <laughs> exactly <for>
0: her, so. <laughs> it's like've I've I, I planned this already so there you go morenta <laughs> <laughs> so um I get yeah I guess we can start off and I'm I'm gonna have to ask this because this was the very first thing I saw the moment you posted the uh, the announcement about ask the iO or anything. Uh, who is your favorite COOA, uh, Combat Operations Officer Assistant, and why is it Travis?
1: And why is it Travis? That's not a that's not a leading question. Yeah, at
0: all. I, w- I wonder who asked that question.
1: Hmm. It's not trying to le- talk me on to a, a specific answer that it's looking for. It's interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I actually, even... I, I've got a I've, I've got a really good answer for that. Actually. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> Travis has been super instrumental as we were launching the new, the new website um, with a lot of the really early uh, troubleshooting. He did a lot of the early testing on uh, especially the, the match processing features which is mm-hmm. kind of a somewhat complicated system. There's, there's a few aspects that go into it and we put a lot of new logic in there when we launched the new website to, to make, basically make things easier to review for the the coa staff mm-hmm. and um so i appreciate all his his um feedback bug reports uh, suggestions for improvements that was all absolutely um a big help when we were we were launching the new website so i will not admit to him being my favorite but uh <laughs> he ranked up there is that a fair political answer
0: yeah i, I believe that's <laughs> a fair political answer yes
1: I'll say too. We also uh, early on, as uh, as squadrons launched, it was it was good flying with him and a, a bunch of the other crew on the very very early days of squadrons. So that was that was a good time.
0: Yeah, and I'm still I'm still remembering when I was running my uh, my time trials. You, I remember your exact words. were, oh, I need to, I need to relearn or remap this uh, this choice, this flight stick. And I don't know if I'm going to be that good. Gets third place immediately.
1: I I, I'm, I promise you I had not launched squadrons at least in like eight months. At okay.
0: that point, okay. <laughs> um, I just, I just remember I did that. Well, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I was got
1: to build I like.
0: Yeah, I, I just remember that. It was like, hmm, hmm, okay. Press X to doubt immediately. But hey, uh, no, it's fine. <laughs> I just thought it was like the funniest moment in uh, in, in when I played Star Wars Squadrons whether it's the competition or not.
1: (laughs) You know, it was actually really interesting. So when I was, and this goes to a bigger thing of, I really tend to focus on one game and I'll play it a lot. And then through no particular conscious decision, but I just won't come back to it for sometimes ever again. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of what happened with Squadrons, I was playing it, you know, as soon as it came out. So I was involved really early on. In you know the five man's power hour matches and stuff like that, so back then we were focusing like nearly exclusively on dogfights. All the groups, all the five man stacks that we were flying, Emperor's Hammer, dogfight, dogfight, dogfight. So um, you know I got you know halfway competent at you know taking out enemy starfighters relatively quickly. The transition to all of the fleet battles. Work kind of happened as I kind of had stepped back a little bit again, not really intentionally, <laughs> but I just was really kind of devoting my spare time in the evenings to let's get this dang website published and out the door so people can use it. And uh, and so I kind of just you know subconsciously taken a step back from gaming and it's all kind of pivoted to the fleet battles now. So I'm not very versatile in squadrons, but you know, pew pew against uh enemy starfighters,
0: hey, um, yeah, I'm competent, yeah. As yeah, I was gonna say, uh. It is a learning curve, but once, once you get back into Swing wicked Things, it's like, oh, you are the destroyer of worlds.
1: <laughs> so and I think that's also... No, I played one time since I did the time trial with you, but I did the time trial, the one attempt, yeah. and then I played, I don't know, a couple of weeks or something like that later. I haven't touched it since then, so I need to get back into it.
0: <laughs> well, RTF is around the corner. Uh, don't know how All busy right? you're going to be with that. Um... Yeah, I, I, we, we, I'll get to that question. Uh, we'll, we'll double back to that.
1: That's good.
0: But uh, but yeah, no, I um, yeah, I remember it's like, you just say it's like, oh, I need I need to relearn Star Wars Squadrons. Immediately gets third place at the time. You would have stayed there if, uh, what I call the insane monsters, uh, A.K.A. Kebla Omega, Silwar Nilo, and Xylo Pathel, didn't somehow break the very system I thought was unbreakable. <laughs>
1: You know, I was going to make another attempt to try to to, to move up my position a little bit. Um, so I I did figure out a system. I just never had a chance to get into practice. So we'll have to see if you end up uh, if and when you end up run that again. I
0: I, pl- I do plan on eventually getting back into it. It's just um, with all the f- all the work I have to do now and the projects I've also been wanting to get back at, uh, and then just time with. Real life work. I've I've just been there's barely as much as I, t- free time as I thought I have. But yeah, here's totally. here's hoping that in the next couple of months I actually will have that free time. It's starting to look like it, but I don't want to make any promises yet. Okay. I w- I will bring it back though. I will bring the time trials back.
1: Especially get some production assistance on your uh, on your podcast efforts, and uh, oh, yeah. I'm sure that'll that'll make a little bit of space for you.
0: Already with the new moderators, I have a lot less to deal with in terms of how many screens I have. I've gone from 17 to now 14, so we're getting there.
1: <laughs> I quickly I had a, a very brief informal foray into streaming when we were doing squadrons. And I had just built a new gaming computer, and so I have two screens on it. Okay. And I very quickly, as soon as I started streaming, I realized that if I end up, like, doing this kind of for real, I want at least two more. I want a space shuttle command center <laughs> surrounding me.
0: Yeah.
1: I need full control of everything that's going on. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It's like once the spiral gets into some, into someone's psyche, it never stops.
1: Yeah. Really. <laughs>
0: All right. So uh, next question here uh, is actually a pretty good one because you've had several. What do you think is your biz- biggest success as the Internet officer?
1: Um, You know, obviously, you know, we've got to point to all the work overhauling the website that we've done. Of course. And so... To kind of speak to that a little bit and just give everybody that's not already familiar just a really quick synopsis of of what quote unquote the plan is um we early on we developed kind of a phased release schedule so we've actually got a a document that tracks all of this and it was broken down into into five phases if i remember correctly and over time we've we've deviated from that a little bit but the general idea was take the ty core website Do stuff to it that eventually is going to allow it to support the Emperor's Hammer as a whole, to include the Dark Brotherhood, the potential for the follow-on of the Hammer's Fist, um, and then eventually decommission the existing Emperor's Hammer.org site. That's like the plan in a nutshell. Mm Mm-hmm. So phase one was the first thing that we did. So we very quickly you know, figured out, hey, the TC site is the one we want to use as the base. Um, what started as a refactoring of the TC site code quickly became a complete rewrite from scratch, <laughs> Phew, <laughs> which is why the project also took considerably longer to get the phase one release out the door than, than we had uh, either anticipated or wanted.
0: Right, of course. I was going to say, starting anything from scratch, yeah, it's going to take that long.
1: Right. And and it was very much, um, you know, one of my very large design goals as we launched into this project is we do not want any situation where we are losing data. Right. In any situation, nobody's ever going to be reset back to, you know, blank. Um, You know, we're not going to dump old historical data. I want to keep all of that, right? Because that's our history. Mm -hmm. That's our history as an organization. And so even little nitpicky things, like squadrons that 99% of people don't even know exist anymore, they're there. They're in the database. We have actually are still doing work to bring in all of the old squadron reports as an example. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so that was a really important kind of steering guidance, if you will, for our efforts. a lot of what we did in terms of dealing with the TICOR website started all the way at the database level and fixing things, problems in the actual database, schemas, normalization, relationships between data. Um, you know, for for what it was, that TC site worked really, really well for the organization for a whole bunch of years. But it also had some underlying oddities, and that was kind of what we were trying to improve was was some of the way that you know the actual data structures were linked together to you know again have proper normalization to probably have you know relationships so we're not having um, junk non associated data essentially that would exist in the database so that was kind of part of the effort and then the other half of that was obviously all of the coding to make it all into a website so all the actual um you know business logic if you will the the presentation <laughs> and that was That was what we did in phase one. So the idea with phase one was take the TC website, be able to do this conversion process, and then launch it and members can use it. And then that will be a platform for us to build on. And that's what we launched back in, uh, I guess it was February, mid-February, something like that. When the the design changed, um, everybody's using the new thing. That is literally a complete rewrite of the old code. I don't think any of it exists in the website at all anymore. A fresh, uh, fresh start. Yeah, and so, and, and we did it. Uh, I think everybody saw, you know, there was there was no loss of data. In fact, along the way, we, we added data from uh, backups and old imports and things of that nature. Okay. So, that was kind of step one. Uh, phase two, if you will, was the big piece of that was Imperial University. Because Dark Brotherhood and Imperial University, largely speaking, were the two things that are running on the old or were running on the old emperorshammer.org website. Hmm. So we got done with phase one. Uh, meanwhile, you know we're doing some kind of quality of life patches here and there, little improvements you know, constantly. And then I launched into officially, quote unquote, phase two, and, and I looked at the Imperial University data in the emperorshammer.org database. I'm like, okay, this is like courses and exams and results and who's completed courses. This is gonna be super easy. Um, we'll just convert the database over I'll slap the front end on it and link it all together and Bob's your uncle you'll be good to go (laughs)
0: Right.
1: Um, come to find out (laughs) the the amount of problems that existed in just the Imperial University data was kind of nightmarish
0: oh that doesn't sound good (laughs) It,
1: it was awful and I'll spare everybody all the ugly details Um, I had, I'd have to go back and look, it's, it's possibly up to like a thousand lines of SQL code that was just basically fixing the old data. Oh no. (laughs) And so we, we had technical problems with the data. And we also unfortunately had a lot of problems with the actual content of the data. which With... kind of gets now into the training officer, you know, realm. So,
0: yeah, I was going to ask because I remember the training officer asked the educational committee and the TOA and the, the attache about reviewing some of the old courses, some of which were weird. Uh, I'm not going to get into them specifically, but I'm, I'm going to assume it was some, most of those courses that were just either empty on the inside because of the coding or that was just, yep. Oh, it was.
1: Well, so uh, essentially a lot of those courses were originally restored by, uh, Mont and I believe havoc about 10 years ago. Mm. I don't know what they restored everything from, but there was a, there was a restoration effort to get stuff from archives after everything was exploded in the, you know, 2009 frame. Um, But unfortunately what what I saw as I started going through all of that was other than like, hey, there's some weird courses and there's some subjects that like, why are we still instructing this technically? Uh, Other than stuff like that, there was a lot of problems with the course notes in terms of uh, corruption caused by bad character encodings. I won't go into all the boring Mm -hmm. technical details there. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of stuff that just should have been turned off a lot of things when i looked behind the scenes and i was trying to you know make heads or tails of what this course was supposed to be like the wrong course notes are associated with that particular course the exam questions don't match there are no answers to the exam questions yeah we've so been things like that. where we're asking <laughs> we're asking members to take this test and then how was this being graded in the past mm. so i had a lot of frustrations um dealing with that we were trying to get the, the, the former TO to engage and un- unfortunately he just wasn't able to, to step up to the level that we were really needing for this, you know, level of effort that we were trying to put into this, to this transition. And uh, <clears throat> so largely, essentially, you know, the internet office and, and um, a big part myself kind of got bogged down in trying to deal with all of these data problems and content problems in order to make the transition to the new site at least halfway coherent. And so that was about the time too, of course, we put out the, the new announcement for a training office position and uh, so it, was, it, it worked out really well. We got several really qualified candidates and um, we were able to bring Silas on board and um, that's been a tremendous help because we were essentially able to transition all of the code, launch the new Imperial University and then now we've got a new training officer that can actually go in and provide guidance and oversight of that and then go and fix a lot of those kind of Deeper content problems that just was not really in my purview to to address. Yeah,
0: and uh, I can't again. I can't as part of the education committee. I can't get into it, but I can definitely tell you, uh, yeah, half of those courses that were that existed, we just looked at them and just uttered one word: why. Right. <laughs> and,
1: why. and there was, <laughs> and that's even after I having gone through and, and fixed a lot of things and turned things off and. Yeah, so you're seeing the, the, the improved version. So yeah. but there's a lot of frustrations there. So what I thought was gonna be really easy data transition was not, it was awful to be, to be <laughs> quite frank. Yeah. But we got through it, we, we did it. Well, so that's, that, that's phase two. Um, phase three really leads into the transition of Dark Brotherhood operations. So the idea there is we can take almost everything else that the embershammer.org website is doing. But that transitions all to the quote unquote new website the quote-unquote ty core website <clears throat> which we've always designed from the ground up as it is eventually going to support the club as a whole and so the way that we envision that this is going to work is it's going to be the same code it's going to be the same website that essentially powers all of the different emperor's hammer groups
0: mm-hmm.
1: then what we're going to do is we will kind of theme things and tailor things according to the appropriate group depending on for example which subdomain you access the website by okay. so maybe you go to tc.embershammer.org and you get a you know a tie core banner across the top just like you do now you get information on the left hand you know links that are relevant to the tie core um, once we launch the dark brotherhood to that maybe you come in on db.embershammer.org And now you're going to see Dark Brotherhood across the top. You maybe have different styling. We'll probably change out some of those links that are on the side because um, some of those are, you know, combat rating, flight rating systems. Those are largely TC systems. They're not Dark Brotherhood systems. Right. So We'll we'll tailor that experience um, accordingly. And then the idea there is that with just one pin, um, you'll have multiple, potentially multiple characters if you're involved in multiple groups. And so that's where your group-specific awards and things that are very unique, you know, your rank, your unit of assignment, your awards, things of that nature. That'll go to your group-specific character. And then other things that are much more generic, Um, for example, um, the activity record to a certain extent. When you fly a single-player mission, for example, you're just flying that as an Emperor's Hammer member. that's, that's not gonna be a specific character credit thing. It'll just be, hey, you've completed it as a member. So that's kind of what, what that piece is gonna look like uh, with, with the rollover and integration of Dark Brotherhood operations into the, the quote-unquote new site.
0: Now, uh, just for clarification, because I know it's still called the Dark Brotherhood or is it is you, what is also gonna be apparently now named the Secret Order? apparently, by uh, Camtun, or is it still going to be called Dark Brotherhood?
1: So, w- what's going on there, and I, I won't get into too much of that effort, because number one, it's not really my area of expertise. Mm-hmm. Um, others can speak to it much more intelligently and up-to-date than I can, but basically the idea here is the the Dark Brotherhood is still the Dark Brotherhood, but we're looking at the next evolution of the Dark Brotherhood. Okay. And so the concept that's been landed on is this, is this Secret Order organization, the idea there being that it's a, an organization and a, I'm trying to think of the best term. It's an organization and a line of activities, I guess would be my definition mm-hmm. that you can participate in without us having to basically create a whole new group that would have very potentially redundant command structures, administrative you know requirements for people to for example process screenshots and mm-hmm. process awards and process these other things and do squadron evaluations or the equivalent equivalent thereof that's kind of the this the concept if you will with that secret order so okay. you know as a tie core pilot it's an organization you would be able to participate in by doing a lot of things that you're already doing as a member in addition to some additional things that we want to build into that so that's that's kind of the concept there.
0: Okay. So um, that actually answered a part of the next question I had. Actually, you've been you've actually been answering uh, parts of all the other questions I'm I've, I've seeing here. So this is great. So, um, I guess the other so so yeah, big, biggest success the the new website and the evolution of what of the what's going to be the other phases because I, I, I guess the other question is what phase are we in currently now and how many are left
1: yeah good question so yeah we're <laughs> I'm, I'm in phase three right now so i've actually started prototyping essentially transitions of additional data from the old emperor's Hammer.org website and and basically you know on my local development machine there's you know people with dark brotherhood characters and ranks and awards and stuff like that so i'm working that piece i am uh i'm guarded uh on how easy that's going to be because i'm <laughs> I'm a little worried that I'm gonna discover some similar problems I found with the Imperial University data. Okay. Uh, again, there was a lot of back end data structural issues that just caused a lot of pain. <laughs> but but hopefully hopefully I'm not gonna experience that. So we'll see. Here's um, so, yeah, yeah. So so far so good. The early runs I've done have, have been smooth enough, so I'm I'm starting to get that figured out. Oh. And Excuse me. So a lot of that's going to be transitioned not only of Dark Brotherhood, but eventually remember I kind of mentioned my big concept of I don't want people to lose their stuff. Right. So if you were a member of subgroup X uh, any number of years ago and your data was imported to the org website and you've got you know, super secret squirrel, awesome metal, whatever. <laughs> um, I want. I want to preserve that for posterity, right? People earn right. that stuff and it's important to a lot of people. So... So you can't be taking away the
0: super secret squirrels. I mean, you know,
1: right. Um, So that's not going to be a really early design or a really early goal of transition of all the other groups. My, my dark brotherhood data is my, my focus with that. But the work that I'm doing now will support that transition of all the other stuff later on. It will just be basically changing up a a few little bits of code. Okay. So we're, we're officially in phase three now. Um, Phase, like I said, we've, we've at, we've modified some stuff over a period of time. Four and five are now a little bit blended together and some of it's already been done so the phasing in four and five is not so so critical anymore but basically the gist is at the conclusion of phase three moving into phase four and on essentially what we're doing is a complete decommission of the old emperor'shammer.org website and the new website will now sit on that domain and be the one website for the Emperor's Hammer and that kind of brings us full circle to what I mentioned earlier about this kind of incremental improvements, uh, improving the you know experience for members, improving what we're presenting out to the world. That'll kind of be the culmination, if you will, at least for our our main domain website uh, when we decommission that old website get it all onto the new site where we can now have a, a much more modern platform, a much more maintainable platform, and this stuff can exist on for the next you know. 27 years, 28 years, however old we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um,
0: another question here. Has being the uh, internet officer become easier or more difficult over time? I think I know
1: where this answer is actually going to go. I'm, I'm glad you do, because I don't.
0: <laughs> oh, okay, never mind. I, <laughs> de- all right. Throw, um, <laughs> throw no, that wrench I in there. Say-
1: no, no, I I would say it's it's just different and it's evolved over time. Okay. So the in the in the past the internet officers scope had been, I guess, a little more limited. And because number one, I kind of came in with some of those design goals that I told you about, which is across the enterprise, anything that we're presenting out to the world, I basically wanna fix it, right? I wanna polish it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of in combination with the, essentially the, the mandate and tasking I was given you know, by the boss, by Rapier, to, to actually essentially execute that vision and um, you know, support his vision of having this one website, uh, you know, one database that's going to be able to support the Ambers Hammer as a whole. Um, so the, the scope of the office kind of expanded a little bit. So really probably the, the, the term internet office is really not the most descriptive anymore. Um, I guess I kind of still like it from a historical, you know, perspective since that was my first command, you know, position ever, like our command staff position.
0: Right.
1: Um, like I said, I kind of view our office as an enabler for things that are going on across the organization as a whole. Um, so myself in particular, you know, I'm involved in a lot of different conversations um, between the TICOR, things that TICOR is, in, is interested in implementing, um, you know, the uniform systems, Standalone applications, what the Dark Brotherhood is looking at implementing and what the Secret Order will become. Um, a lot of the early planning guidance that we have done kind of behind the scenes on the potential for a kind of reboot of the Hammer's Fist as the ground component. Mm-hmm. I know that's something a number of us would like to see happen at some point, And if we can figure out how to do that, that would be awesome. So, um, so to that extent, like the scope has, has, has broadened and... You know, since I took over the office, you know we've got the communications officer that um, is kind of nested within the internet office, and then we brought on board the, the logistics officer as a uh, as a, uh, another portion of the internet office as well. Both of those officers are, are command staff officers in their own right, but they're kind of organize, organized within the internet office, mm-hmm. and it kind of actually works very well because we're all able to cross talk, collaborate. Um, all of the efforts are very mutually supportive. And then we've brought on a a really spectacular staff of talented individuals as well. Um, I wouldn't be able to do anything that I'm doing or the internet office as a whole is doing without all of the talented officers and and assistants that we have within within our footprint. And so that's... from some aspects has gotten more difficult because like i said our, our scope is broader and, and what we're trying to accomplish is broader right. but i've also got really smart people and really talented people that are that are helping with that so that's it's it's kind of a mixed bag but overall uh you know i, I really enjoy it
0: so yeah that that's kind of where i thought it was originally going with your answer like it, it it was going to get difficult over time because you're taking out more and more but because of the people you work with you can actually over uh you can achieve those uh obstacles with ease well e- with with good effort i don't want to say ease and then start jinxing something and then it's my fault somehow
1: yeah and, and uh like i said it, it's it's great having talented people where i can come up with a crazy idea and say hey do you have the ability to like do this and all of a sudden i've got you know fully rendered you know whatever it is i asked for the next day <laughs> yeah super cool right because um you know i i I very much kind of dabble in many different things, but I'm not a subject matter expert in any of them, which is, is nice sometimes, but also frustrating at others when I would just be like, hey, I wish I could do this you know, particular thing myself and not have to call on somebody else. But again, that's why we got a good team and and, uh, and people to support us.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. So this next question, you kind of already answered uh, parts of it, so I'll ask the parts that haven't been answered. Um, in in terms of the main website, since you already pretty much explained how it works and the Dark Brotherhood portion of it, um, someone asked like who pays for the server and what programming programming ugh, wow tongue twister, what programming languages are used in it?
1: Okay, um, now, I, now
0: I know that that's a very personal. You don't need to answer that question, but I
1: am. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to do it. Okay. Uh, we've actually had a couple of different members. I was actually surprised when I saw some of the submitted questions and more people than I thought were, were interested in the kind of boring technical details. So I'll just hit that really, really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, let, me, let me speak about the tech piece first, and then I'll transition to kind of the, the server and, and money and stuff like that, kind of the business aspects. Okay. Um, so tech-wise, and this actually goes back to a little, one of the other reasons I wanted to get involved in this project Years and years and years ago, I did websites. I did different coding for The Emperor's Hammer. I did stuff uh, externally as well. Um, I'm not a developer, though. Like I said, I'm kind of a jack of all trades. I touch on a few different different um, you know, aspects between network server administration, coding. But you know, I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm definitely not a developer. So this was an opportunity for me to kind of get back into coding and, and uh, bringing my skill set a little bit more you know up to date, modernized. Uh, nothing fancy though. It's it's straight PHP, um, you know, for the for the web code, uh, MySQL on the on the back end for the database. We've got several libraries we've implemented that has made life so much easier as we developed the whole thing. Um, very early on, uh, Pickled Yoda, which was kind of my right hand man on on the whole website development process. He did a lot of the heavy lifting on the very kind of uh, technical, tactical office kind of aspects of it, so battle sender, you know, pilot file processing, things of that nature. Um, but he got us turned on really early in that project, which I'm so glad he did, to uh, an ORM for our database, our uh, object relational model, something like that. I don't know the exact acronym. Mm-hmm. But we use something called Propel, which basically takes all of our database access and just turns it into object-oriented programming and PHP, which is super phenomenal and Um, Number one has some performance benefits with built-in caching and things of that nature, but number two is just super easy to work with. So a lot of times when we're building out website code, there's actually not a lot of need for us to dip into SQL. Uh, Mostly we're we're interacting with the database in the form of objects. Um, When we're trying to do something more complex, we can drop down to SQL and do it that way as well too, and it it works seamlessly. Um, So that has made the development process so much better. Um, as far as I see it. Um, so that's some of the t- kind of technical, I guess, language aspects. Um, we're running something called Bulma for our CSS front end, um, using SAS to compile our themes, okay. um, various other libraries that we're using either on the PHP side or on the JavaScript side. There's there's bits of JavaScript that support the site as well too, between like the, uh, you know, the markdown editor, um, pickled Yoda in, in particular, uh, codes, maintains, whatever the proper term, the the Pyrite library, which probably nobody has ever heard of, but you probably interact with it every time you use the website because it runs things such as like the drop-down or the autocomplete member search selector thing. Great help, Uh, by the way, on that. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So all those little uh, extras, if you will, that that made the new site a little, little sexier than the old one, a lot of that is from uh from the help of his javascript expertise of which i have you know very very minimal so i, I tend to look to him or Silwar or some other folks for javascript so that's kind of the 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 boring technical aspects i think i've covered on on mostly what was asked there mm-hmm. um the, the business aspect so or i guess you know the how we pay for the server and and that kind of leads us into the business aspect of it which i'll touch upon briefly so uh We used to be just running off plain-jane shared generic hosting that you can get from any particular web provider on the planet. Uh, We've been with one for a whole bunch of years, it's actually one that I use for my personal stuff as well too. (laughs) So as we developed the new site, we kind of knew how we expected it to perform on local development machines, and then we were kind of taking a look and see approach on once we launch it to this shared environment, what's it going to do? Um, And it was kind of okay. It was kind of doing all right there for a little while until something very obviously changed in our shared hosting environment that we started to see very, very, very significant um, performance problems. And it was not related to our website code because I had demonstrably seen it do what it was supposed to do and do it relatively quickly. Uh, I don't know if that server got it overloaded, uh, you know what was going on, but we did go into this knowing that probably moving to like a VPS was was going to be the ultimate you know probably need. Um, and so when we started experiencing all those those problems that that's what we ended up doing. Um, we essentially Rapier was good enough to to finance that out of his pocket. So I don't okay. know that everybody knows that uh, if uh at some point you're talking to Rapier give give him a good thanks for that. Yeah, um, you, as... you heard
0: to hear folks or you heard to hear thank Rapier for yeah. um, for this because with Something
1: else. Yeah, something else I've been trying to to kind of get going was essentially a club operations fund because I did see the need for a VPS coming um and that kind of leads us into the, some of the business aspects of running the organization uh, largely over the years. Um, Rapier, um, Ronin, essentially is the, the, the actual owner of the Emperor's Hammer, uh, Inc., or actually a legally incorporated entity. Um, mm. Just kind of footed all those bills out of their own pocket. And I knew that my, essentially my office was going to start driving up costs, because when you go from a cheap shared hosting environment to a VPS. Uh, that is a, a much more significant monthly outlay than just a little shared hosting kind of deal. Yeah. Yep. And so one of the things I was working on was getting kind of a club operations fund set up, uh, which, which we have started. Um, so essentially the, the early bits of that club fund are helping to reimburse uh, Rapier for some of his initial outlay. Um, but we're, we're doing that on a completely donor basis. Okay. So yeah. technically on the website, there is a page that has information on donors and if uh, somebody is so interested in, in voluntarily donating to, to fund the operation of the organization uh, that information is out there uh, but it's kind of by design <laughs> really kind of well hidden uh, We didn't want to plaster giant hey go to the website and, and donate you know to, to fund the club all over the front page or plaster ads on it we weren't going to do that right right. Um, but there there is a mechanism for doing that and uh and if members are interested in doing that contact me for information and i would uh i'll get you set up with that um we are a nonprofit corporation so we are an actual incorporated legal entity but again we we are a nonprofit, so um we're not using any money that comes in for anything other than uh the club operational expenses is, is where those are going. So, in fact, what you'll find on that business page is essentially a, a public ledger of of where money is going.
0: Sorry, I, I didn't mean to be laughing, but I just briefly looked at the live chat, where I see our logistics officer just uh, chanting out merch, merch, merch. <laughs> it's like, mm.
1: and that's actually, uh, I'm glad somebody brought that up because that is literally something that I'm working on right now. Oh, okay. Um, kind of two options there number one and and probably what we end up with is going to be a hybrid of the two Um, number one is a you know direct to consumer kind of deal print on demand there's of course lots of services out there Um, I'm evaluating seven or eight different services to figure out which one is going to be a good mix of of quality and cost and find the happy medium between the two of those of course and then kind of going along with that club operations fund is the ability to potentially, um, certain items that we would you know, want to order and stock and sell on a limited basis, you know, things that we couldn't do essentially print on demand, uh, we would have some, some space to do that. So this is still early on. Uh, any of this that gets into the business aspects of running the organization is not, not just a me call um that's essentially a a board of trustees kind of discussion Mm -hmm. and we've had those early discussions and hence why we've kind of started facilitating some donations but uh there'll be a little bit more to to follow on that in the uh hopefully not too distant future
0: Uh, so again i'm also looking at the live try to get once more and um Apparently, yeah, Rager has tried to actually look for that page you talk about, and again, apparently he uh, he has failed to find it. So
1: Maybe it will be a scavenger hunt. <laughs> hey, there you go.
0: There you go, Rager. Have fun with that scavenger
1: hunt. It is, it is pretty hidden. I probably do need to uh, to put it uh, slightly more visible, but, but like I said, you're never going to feel... Our, our big thing is, anybody that wants to be a member can... Can expect to do so, and with no uh, no expectation of any kind of contribution on their part. Um, if somebody is interested in doing that and, and feels willing to you know to do that, that's uh, you know we appreciate it and and we will accept it. But again, we're not going to to press for it. So that's kind of the idea behind that.
0: So um, another question then, because I do notice one of the questions that uh, that are on here, there was there was some that just didn't have the time to reworded toward into, into a question I just pretty much copy and paste it straight from what they Go verbatim, used. Verbatim, that so works. so he uh, this one goes maybe there's some improvements that aren't obvious as a user maybe talk about those a little I'm guessing he's a, uh, he's talking about on the website if there are some improvements that uh, haven't been noticed by anybody yet but I'm pretty sure you've already talked about that
1: um, um yeah I don't know so I guess a lot of improvements, n- number one for me on the development end, yeah, nobody's ever gonna see because a lot of the things that we've done with the, with the backend data to, you know, we d- I did a lot of data quality work, I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that we've improved That technically is something you don't necessarily interact with I guess maybe is the best explanation, but you might see it every day and it's correct and just getting that to work properly is sometimes more complicated than, than it seems. That was the, you know, it was a common problem on the old website. You would have people that like their legions of, of combat didn't match their combat rating, which didn't add up to their fleet commander's honor guard ranking system, which didn't mesh with something else, right? You'd have this desync of all these different pieces of data. Um, and there was a crazy thing where we'd have to recalculate it anyways. We built a lot of automation into the new website, so all of that, when we're doing things right, should just work. And it, largely thinking, hang on it
0: hang on now. I've heard those words before from another uh, game developer. Are you sure they just work?
1: Right? Yeah, we, we have to be a <laughs> little get. careful with that because as soon as I say this, like the entire website is gonna go up in a giant pile of blue smoke, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> we have to be be very careful speaking about the website and how well it works (laughs) Yeah, yeah. no. there's there's a lot of that that back-end kind of stuff that, that nobody really knows exists um you know there's something else that you know we we do small incremental updates all the freaking time and we don't actually i tend not to announce any of it unless it's something like really pertinent so we're always kind of tweaking little things and if people are interacting with it on a daily basis, they, they might notice it. Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of the best recommendation I can give is we actually maintain a public change log that's on the website. And I can, uh, if you look on any of my reports or any of my, you know, my recent, all my reports, my recent report, the, the change log is linked on there. Um, I believe it's linked somewhere on the bottom of the website. If not, I'll, I'll make sure that it materializes on there later on. Um, but the change log is really nice because you can go through there and you can see, oh, wow, they've just, like, uh, uh, one improvement probably very little people have seen yet. It's very new. If you go to the competitions page, the old competition center, mm-hmm. uh, down to the very bottom, there's now a competition search on there. And you can search competitions by the submitter or whether the status is, you know, pending or approved. Oh, yeah. If you knew what it might have been called, you can plug that in there.
0: I do remember you had actually brought that up in the uh, in another chat. And I did see it and immediately fell in love with it.
1: Yeah. So it's it's stuff like that. We, We try to find those, you know, usability enhancements where it's like, oh, man, I have to I have to do something on the website super often as a user. Um, man, it would be so much easier if I could just search for the thing that I was looking for in this, in this example, instead yeah. of having to figure out what category it was in and go into the category and control F and then try and to scroll, scroll through and find it yeah. that way. So it's just those, those usability enhancements where if people are finding that they're, they've got a task they're needing to do and it seems overly complex, can we put it front and center? Can we put in a search? Can we present the information on, on a screen? uh you know i try to do that stuff on a on a regular basis to where you know people are able to to reap those benefits immediately so lots of small incremental updates iterative iterative updates
0: okay so another one um and it's actually kind of works the same way uh, about um, there were any requests slash ideas that never got implemented um were, are? would there be any talk about them now or they're just going to stay not implemented I guess
1: uh, good question let me figure out the best way to address this so let me speak more broadly first mm-hmm. one of the things that I really wanted to uh, the environment I wanted to foster as a command staff member is I wanted to be Available and approachable for the membership, and so that's that's something I, I try to be pretty good about. You know, people you know pinging me on Discord and, and trying to get them a response. Um, you know, why is this thing the way it is? Oh, I have a recommendation. Oh, I just want to give you some feedback. Whatever the case may be, you know, I do my best to to you know follow up on all of those. Don't always get it perfect, but but I do my best there. Uh, One of the things that we implemented when we launched the new website was uh, a public GitHub repo where people could go in there and drop issues, you know, bug reports, suggestions, improvements, things of that nature. That way it gets tracked in a a very specific way. Um, Again, sometimes I see stuff, somebody might have an idea on Discord, and I might even look at it at the time. Um, but when it actually sit, you know, comes down to sit down and develop things, you know, I'm not necessarily going to remember everything. You know, every, Everybody's a good idea every time. Mm-hmm. And so we set up that repo, and that's where we really like to get um, any kind of suggestions, improvements, bugs, things of that nature uh, report it there. Happy to chat about any of those with people on Discord as well. But if it's something you really want to see happen for sure, throw it up in that repo. And what that lets us do, again, it, it, we're going to track it all the way through there. We can put comments in there. And then for anything that we decide, oh yeah, absolutely, this is a good idea, we can roll that directly into whatever repository, um, you know, private repository where we have the code and the, and the other resources. And then it gets triaged appropriately and either, um, basically if we if we roll it into one of those repositories, it's probably gonna happen at some point is, is the bottom line. Um, so essentially we've tri- triaged it by moving it and we're saying, yep, this, this makes sense. Um, We should get to this when we can get to it in accordance with all of the other existing priorities. And that goes not only for the website, but that's um, like the TICOR tailoring tool, which, uh, you know, Sky Shadow leads the coding effort on that side. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter what project your issues for, submit it there, we'll route it appropriately, and then it can get addressed. Uh, I was about to say the...
0: I'm sorry, real quick, quick, I was gonna say the, that was another thing I I had mentioned this uh, earlier in the episode about the tailoring tool. It just got an update uh, not that long ago, correct?
1: Uh, It did. So we did the 3.0.2 release, (laughs) um, which notably added support for a few things, visually that are new. The operational readiness award is in there. The new stripes, position stripes, for squadron executive officers, now that that's a recognized, uh, you know, full-time primary position; um, those are in there as well. And then, um, if you look in the change log for it, a bunch of other bug fixes, updates, things of that nature were in there. Right. And then, uh, unfortunately, we had to do a, a 3.0.3 release <laughs> shortly thereafter when we realized there was a almost literally a one-character issue um, with the way it was parsing some information returned by the API for a, a metal or two. And unfortunately, that took a, a recompile and re-release, so that's kind of aggravating. You would like to avoid that if possible, but yeah. at the end of the day, it's, it's not a, a big deal.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it, it, it sucks, but if it has to be done, it has to be done.
1: Yeah, we try to you know, we try to keep everything working the way it should for, for everybody. Hmm. And that was that's a really good example of people reporting the issue. You know, somebody reported that we threw it in the repo. It was you know processed over to the the appropriate location it needed to be. We said, oh, yep, here's this problem. We identified what it is, and, and we got the fix out the door. And so the other thing, kind of going back to the, um, you know, what is implemented, what is not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to be, and I try to be very deliberate about giving people feedback on their, their suggestions and recommendations um, and say, yep, this, this sounds good. And we're gonna look at doing it at some point. Um, sometimes we might have already evaluated something. Um, maybe it's something we've already considered. Maybe I take it to relevant command staff officers, um, if it's something that is not, you know, basically directly in my authority, if you will, and say, hey, you know, combat operations officer, is this something you do or do not want to do? And then depending on their results, we might say, hey, from a coding perspective, the office that owns that process or procedure says, nah, they don't want to do it that way. So generally speaking, if we're rejecting suggestions, you know, there's a reason behind it other than, nah, that's stupid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Because so, like sure i said, a lot I, of people thought that.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think we're, I feel like we're pretty receptive um, to to comments and feedback. You know, certainly if uh, somebody feels like we're not, you know, let me know. And I'd love to rectify that. Uh, you know, as a, as a succinct example, uh, you know, female uniforms is a, is a really good example of that. That's was, a comment we see. I was just of,
0: going to ask about that. <laughs> oh,
1: perfect. Perfect. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it, I guess when, when if. Period question mark Are the uh, female officer uniforms going to be on the TTT? Or should absolutely we be asking uh, a sky shadow?
1: <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's a perfect question. And, uh, and I, I, I'm ha- I absolutely enthusiastic to give it like an official response from the office, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so we like the idea and, and we definitely would like to see it happen. Um, let me tell you the technical reasons why it's difficult. Mm -hmm. Essentially, what that requires, once we change the geometry of the uniform, the the base uniform, right? The model, if you will. right. Um, Essentially, the code, eh, let me back up. There's (laughs) two ways things are positioned on that uniform. One is because the the model that is being added to it, let's say a blaster, for example, Mm -hmm. has been statically... Put in that location in the actual 3D mesh geometry files,
0: right? Because the it, because object, the object is just technically floating there; it's not actually attached to anything,
1: right? So some of those objects are just put there statically, and that's because it the, the you know they always go in the same place. The collar insignia, for example, always goes in the same place. Um, so it's just placed there, right? Mm-hmm. Some other things, the most prime example of that being medals awards ribbons are just kind of literally floating in space in nowhere near the uniform model and then the actual tailoring tool code dynamically positions those and puts them rotates them and arranges them the way that they need to be okay right so that's two different ways stuff gets on the uniform for probably reasons that are becoming obvious, when you change the base model, you change all of that. So
0: yeah, you're gonna see some clipping issues, uh, th- things being going right through the uniform. I'm assuming. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so, unfortunately, I wish it was as simple as like change the uniform, everything sticks to it, and, and you're good to go.
0: Not so much. <laughs>
1: it, yeah, it's it's really complicated. And when I say that if you took a copy of TTT and forked it and basically made a new TTT that was just the female uniform, that is actually easier than it's gonna be for us to integrate the female uniform into the current one. Okay. So, I say all of that to say it's complicated, but we like the idea and we have started on it. But it's probably, unfortunately, just not going to be quick. Um, like so that, with
0: all good things, it needs time to be, you know, worked on and nurtured.
1: Exactly, and, and we want to do it right. Is the other way we don't want to kind of put it out, um half you know, just just, just yeah. half-assed, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, the other thing. Uh, there were some female uniform efforts over the years on the old uh, 2D uniform systems, and. I'll just say it was very obvious they were developed by a guy. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> and if we're gonna have a female uniform, I wanna I want it to be done the, the, the proper way too. So we don't need some crazy cartoon looking thing. We want an actual um quality, you know, finished product at the end. So right. that's that's also really important that we get that right.
0: Right. So I'm sorry, it, 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 it kind of threw me off that it's like, yeah, it's like I think it, without actually seeing any examples, I kind of can already figure what those early versions look like.
1: Absolutely, right. Yeah. So we, we would like to avoid that.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's pretty much all the list of questions that I got from the pilots that haven't been answered so if you had any uh, at this point you're more than free to free to ask while i make sure i go through all of them
1: yeah yeah i don't i I don't know if i have any uh any questions or other stuff to to bring up like i said we uh one of my big philosophies when i took over as, as the internet officer was was hopefully being approachable and again I see our office as being there to enable whatever operations are going on across the club. So if there's something that you might be working on that you think our team can help with, um, you know, we, we stand ready to do that. that Whether that be yeah, you know, various various projects, web-based, uh, application-based, like I said, we've got a lot of coders. You know, the other thing that's, that's kind of come up in a couple of recent conversations I've had with people as well too is individuals that might want to get involved in in helping with some of that as well. So
0: that actually kind of led to the question I just thought up of um, in terms of assistance. I know you have, I don't know if it's many or one IO assistant.
1: We've, we've got a small handful yeah <laughs> at as the say, yeah.
0: I say as I say I don't have the list on me right now of who's out there so apologies for those that are actually IOAs and I didn't ma- I can't make mention of names because I just don't have the list on me right now but um are you still looking for more iOAs or at this point just wanting to work with people with your te- current team right now if uh, of any new projects out there?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So kind of multi-part answer for that. Uh, Number one, always looking for individuals that are interested in working on various projects that have talents that are in the kind of realm of projects that we work on, right? So um, obviously we're doing a lot of things right now with graphics, with 3D modeling, um, obviously various forms of web coding, uh, PHP, SQL, we're looking at efforts right now and how we're going to implement the Discord bot. So there's actually some decisions for, for us to make there on language. Um, logically speaking, that probably goes between Python, which we're probably leaning toward for a couple of different reasons, um, mm-hmm. or JavaScript. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, any of that other stuff that people are familiar with and say, "Oh, I'm I'm interested in working on pro you know projects to benefit the greater membership," uh, I would be interested in, in talking to those people. The, to the question of, of IOAs. Uh, we kind of bring IOAs on a case-by-case basis, just mm-hmm. depending on, on the level of involvement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's primarily folks on IOA assignments that are working on a lot of stuff for us across multiple projects or multiple lines of effort. And so that's generally where I say, yeah, we probably need to recognize you, uh, you know, with a position, for example. Uh, but that's not a prerequisite. Uh, you know, probably my, my best example right now is Robert Hogan he is—he's uh, definitely engaged uh, very heavily right now with a lot of efforts. We're working on uh, 3D rendering and medals, and uh, and some ideas on awards. Uh, he's not officially an I.O.A., um, but uh, he kind of say, at this point him... might as well be. Because um, he's, little... he's also because
0: he's also believed the uh, TO attaché. He is. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. I, I'll and, em- uh, I'll eventually get to him at some point because I said I this season with some other uh with some other interviewees i want to try to get this season to have all the admirals in the uh of, of like oh. attaches and uh and above on the show
1: yeah absolutely and he's doing great things over with uh with silas over the training office as well too it's oh yeah it's definitely good to see that office is uh is uh, robustly manned and you know able to work through a lot of those issues and there's a lot of collaboration going on between me and Silas as well too. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of ideas that um, you know I had I had come up with, or you know, independently myself, Silas, Robert Hogan, some others uh, came up with a few different concepts. So, you know, the the command offices are also working really well together, um, crosstalk collaboration because certainly as the TO has you know cool ideas on things they want to implement, I want to figure out how we can code it for them and make that a reality. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I, I looked at the live chat one more time to see uh, was it as bad as the Ewoks? I'm assuming the uniforms is that just brought up to the, my head. It's like, have we ever tried at some point having uh, different species uniforms? Species in like the Star Wars universe obviously.
1: You know, uh, somebody where was it posted the other day? Miles had his Artwork posted. I don't remember which one I saw. Anyways, it was Most a Miles.
0: Probably from Codi or one of the ones. He yeah, made it, was, it was a Miles
1: <laughs> artwork. And really, my biggest concern was, and I, if he's on the chat, I really hope he is. My biggest concern was, does he have to get a tail hole tailored into his uniform? <laughs> <laughs> I mean. These are significant concerns of mine.
0: Yeah. I mean, if he's, I know he was one of the moderators uh, right now watching along with uh, one of my pilots, uh, Ryu's a kid, who's, who's in chat. I don't know if he's actually there or awake, which is fine because I know Ryu is. But uh, we can ask him that question in the Discord channel, I'm sure.
1: That's a solid, hard hitting question, right? <laughs> the one you should have hit him with on his. Uh... His podcast interview. i actually haven't had a chance to listen to that one yet so i'll have to circle back i'm
0: uh, pretty sure did I, yeah, I uploaded that one the current the right now the only ones other than obviously this one uh i think it's just the solo one that i ran last uh last time i was about to yeah, say okay. last week it was only a couple of days ago <laughs> yeah i gotcha yeah all right um yeah as i say it would be it would be an interesting answer to find out hey does he actually need a, a tail hole there or does it just go above the belt line like it have to be something right yeah but like would that be obviously not now because you've already got a big task at hand with you know the female variant of the uniform would that be a possibility in the far future or no no
1: good question <laughs> yeah i have i have no idea frankly because um that's almost one of those like you'd have to look at uh <laughs> i think miles is. Uh, i just chat. i
0: just saw chat yeah it seems uh <laughs> miles has appeared uh do we get the famous answer of is there a tail hole uh it is uniform or not
1: it's like i said there is there, there is, is. <laughs> there
0: is there we get. There we go. Biggest mystery answered. Uh, ending the stream. No, no I'm kidding.
1: <laughs> An hour and a half we've been talking airhead uh, off yeah. things, but I really think the big the biggest re- uh, revelation has just occurred. So I'm <laughs> quite excited about that. Exactly.
0: <laughs> Holes multiple apparently hijackers saying, "Hmm, wait, I don't want to." Oh right, because tails. Yeah. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know if the microphone audibly uh, picked up on that facepalm, but uh, it was there.
1: (laughs) That'd be good if it did. I'm not sure if it did or not.
0: Yeah. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I think that's all that we got covered as much as we could from all the questions that we received. Um, So, I can't... uh, Uh. I was gonna say I'll, I'll ask you like, um, who would you want to see? I'm gonna say on the episode. I can't say next on the episode because my scheduling of that has just been completely borked. Um, but I I will. I say if you wanna make a recommendation on who would you like to see, it on the show, um, in the future. I I got a couple already after after today, but is there anyone you would think of?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to think on on who we've worked through in terms of of command officers, So or I guess more accurately who we're we're missing or or attachés. So we've got, uh, you know, we already mentioned Robert Hogan. Mm-hmm. We need we need the boss on here at some point. You're gonna have to get Rapier on here at some point.
0: Ooh, oh boy, that that was the one I was uh, I, I was waiting for. So there we go. We finally got the recommendation. I'm yeah. gonna
1: get the big man on here
0: hey i mean I, if i could get him on here that i think will have to be the most advertised one possible uh we'll
1: get him on here i will facilitate that no problem <laughs> i will be on uh dm with him in about 30 seconds and you uh you give me the time and place and i'll tell the <laughs> grand admiral to uh to appear
0: <laughs> Alrighty. uh i will let you know i'll uh i'll get i'll get to that when i finally unbork my uh my uh, interview schedule on this already, because I still gotta get Ranger on here, like he, w- like I said, I was going to last week, and then I got one more after him, which eluded eluded uh, his interview from last season. Uh, General Striker, I know you're you don't you're listening somewhere. You're gonna get on this uh, on this show. You will you will not evade me next this time. <laughs>
1: He will be command-directed to appear on the podcast at, at daytime X, Y, Z.
0: There you go, yes. But uh, that's pretty much all I got for right now. Thank you so much, Turtle. This has been very illuminating. I uh, learned a lot more than what I was expecting about cool, the Internet awesome. office.
1: Yeah, it's, it's glad to hear. And, you know, the last thing I want to kind of close out with is I just want to kind of thank the, the membership as well because – You know command offices you know are are there and cool and stuff like that but you know we're here to support what the membership is doing and you know the members were not engaging on discord we're not flying missions we're not involved in competitions you know if the members didn't care about the emperor's hammer then there's there's no point for what any of the admiralty is doing or command staff members so um you know we've got a bunch of kind of older generation members like myself we've got a lot of newer generation members as well and that's you know super cool to see for me especially as a as an older guy that the uh you know tradition of of carrying this organization forward is uh is alive and well
0: all righty well thank you again so much and uh i'm gonna go ahead and definitely myself again and finish up this episode all right
1: sounds good you have a good one
0: all right you as well thank you for stopping by Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, that is gonna be it for tonight and yes, you heard uh, you heard turtle Uh, We finally got the recommendation. So now we just got to get the scheduling Um, Get the boss man himself the grand admiral of the entire EH This is gonna be fun and not entirely uh, Nerve-wracking on my part at all. Ha 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 -ha. shit (laughs) All right, well, that's going to be it for me, folks. Thank you all so much for stopping on by and hope to see you on the next episode when I will eventually, I swear to God, I'm going to get Ranger on this show. Y'all have a great night. Take care. Bye-bye.